Having the right TMS is vital in supporting freight broker growth. Partner with Thai Software to optimize your processes and compete with confidence. Get into the automation, data insights, and cash flow optimization game. Request a demo at thaisoftware.com. back to another edition of Chat Call. Today we're covering the all-important question of when it comes to software, do you buy, your, buy it off the shelf or build your own? Today we are welcomed by, honestly, the, 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 the champion of all knowledge on this subject, uh, Mitch Mitchell. from C- He's the CEO at Thai Software. Welcome back to the show, Mitch. Hey, thanks, Mary. Glad to be here again and uh, appreciate the intro. Thanks for having me. I mean, I like to think that you are like the king of this because you like, I don't know, I feel like anytime someone's like build or buy, your name naturally comes up. And since, you know, you have that deep history of literally building software and now you sell the solution, you kind of are the perfect expert on this. Well, thanks. Yeah, I I think the the time I've spent building TMSs and building software does really give you a different perspective on buy versus build, Uh, especially because also, you know, I run a business and the software we use for that business, we have to make the same decision, buy versus build. Uh, however, that decision becomes even more difficult to to go on the buy side because I have software developers on staff. I have the development tools. I have everything we need to build anything. Uh, but sometimes it's not the right choice. Exactly. So I guess when it comes to knowing what you, if you have the right or right choice or right or wrong choice, what are um, what are some of those? Well, I guess in the, like a, in a quick little overview, what are some things that would indicate? You know, if I'm a three PL or freight broker and I'm looking at a new TMS or a new software, what are some things I need to look at for? Okay, yes, this is buy, and yes, this is build. Yeah, so let's hit the high points quick. Uh, the key elements here: if I'm going to buy versus build, what we need to be thinking about is: is it part of our core business? And core business is things that we should be thinking about building for rather than buying. Now, if you're a freight broker, software probably isn't your core business. Um, Another way I like to think about core business is, will a customer pay you for this? Uh, And that's when we think about it as well as along those lines. So uh, is it part of your core business? Super important. Number two, security. Do you have the infrastructure to put security around what you're doing? And then number three is maintenance. Are you willing to continue to build, to maintain this software product that you build? Uh, So those are some of the core factors that I think we talk about with buy versus build. And I know we kind of touched on that subject. I think we touched on it earlier in the, this year. So you can always go back and get the, get the full deep dive on that part of it um, uh, from previous episodes. But what I want to kind of focus on today is more the detailed of it, of like, you know, signs you're looking for and other things like that. But what are some of those trends? Like you guys are obviously constantly trying to improve your offering, you know, hearing what your customers want, trying to incorporate that. What are some of those common trends that you're seeing companies like implement and follow in this space? Like, are you seeing more um, kind of purchase solutions that we're compiling together to make what we actually want? Or, um, you know, I'm just going to take this kit and kind of build my own on top of it, or I am going to find the developers, take the years and build a solution. Yeah. So especially in the TMS space for freight brokerage and for for asset-based, the largest TMS is the homegrown solution, the build solution. So that is still the predominant 
system out there, especially if you count number of users or freight volume through it, and because all of the the really large TM uh, really large brokers have built their own TMS. However, uh, that model has changed a little bit. Like when we think about ten years ago, on premise products were really a lot more predominant than SaaS based. Um, and ten years ago, ERP systems were a little different and. But we've evolved past that. We've evolved past this on-premise type of solution and cloud-based systems are a lot more prevalent. And so even when we think of something like a CRM, the biggest CRM in the industry is Salesforce. And Salesforce is really cool because it's something that you can buy and you get all of the cool functionality that Salesforce gets. But then on top of that, you get this tremendous marketplace of products and things and then also the capability to improve it yourself. So this is a great example of the evolution of buy versus build, where you should you can buy something that gets you 80 to 90% of the way there and then supplement it with some of your own special work. And if you're a larger broker or you have a really unique business model, this is a great way to go is to do something along these lines where you're buying a product that has connectivity and has flexibility so that you can connect to it. And if we're talking about a modern architecture and a modern path forward, that's the way that most people should be thinking about it is I don't need to buy a CRM or build a CRM. I need to buy a CRM and enhance it. Or I need to buy a TMS and maybe enhance it some for my specific needs. And if your TMS has that kind of capability, which as I kind of mentioned, some of the old on-premise systems don't really have good connectivity, but the cloud-based systems, the modern TMSs like Ty allow for a lot of connectivity allow you to add your own workflows around what's out available out of the box. And this allows you to circumvent some of the challenges that I mentioned in the question of buy versus build. Um, so I guess I kind of like that approach that you have where it's, you know, you get the solution or you get the thing and then you just enhance it because obviously it's going to be really hard to find to go out there and find something that's exactly what you're looking for. Because just the nature of everyone's business is it is the same. Yes, we're all moving freight. And yes, you know, there is essentially kind of one way to move freight, but there's a bunch of different ways to get that done. So I think that as long as, you know, people go in with that kind of philosophy and that kind of mindset, you're you're set kind of essentially, you know? Yeah, and I think we can further and think about that also in the terms of sometimes when we think we have a unique business case, sometimes that unique business case is maybe a bad practice as well. So that's another area that I think we should really think about when you are looking at products that are off the shelf, not just for TMS, but for anything that you're using, is that if you have a unique business case, is that unique business case really adding value to your business? Or is it something that's in place because maybe you've done it for a long time? Or maybe it's not as efficient as the way your TMS provider or your CRM may be proposing. Um, and I think that's a really important thing to look at if we're running a business is we should be under continual improvement of our business. And during that continual improvement, maybe take a look at these special use cases and say, well, okay, maybe part of this is good, but the other part of it is just causing the extra work or is causing the extra time. Maybe I need to evolve and move past that. Um, Change, make some changes that will make my business more efficient, make it so I can use an out-of-the-box product. And now I remove all of those needs of building and maintenance and cost 
because I've changed something in my business that really wasn't necessarily that impactful. And that doesn't always work. Sometimes there are really impactful things that we want to keep. So let's keep those, but let's be thoughtful about it. I like that you bring up that, well, we've always done it this way. So, you know, we'll just continue doing it that way. But turns out that's not always the best way to necessarily do things or you do it that way because the process is broken. Um, I can't, I mean, as one of the companies I used to work at, we had, um, we had built this entire process around the fact that our main reporting system would not actually work. So we had developed all of this other stuff to, you know, kind of co- accommodate that. And that's not necessarily what you want when you're looking for enhancements and improvements in your supply chain and in your processes. Yeah, I think that's really well said. And then you can compound that by even if you think about then like, all right, well, we're going to bring in this new, in your case, a new reporting system. And that new reporting system is supposed to help us. But then you also have to be conscious enough to think like, okay, all of these other steps that we did were because of that reporting process, but that was done two years ago. So we probably forgot that we do that only because our reporting system sucks, right? And so now you're putting a reporting system in place and you're going to hope that reporting system can still support all these wonky things that we were doing to circumvent or to supplement our reporting system. But really what we wanted to do was put a new reporting system in place and drop all those wonky workflows and get rid of them. But we got to somehow remember like, oh yeah, this was put in place because our old system sucked. But that's so hard to remember. And and that's why it becomes important to rethink some of these things and take away the, well, it's the way we always done it or just because. I, um, I, I, I just, I cannot say how many times I've come across this and it's just been a complete pain. Um, but I guess when it comes to Okay, so I'm sitting here and I'm a brokerage and I've decided, you know what, we're going to go find a new TMS or we're going to go see what's out there and figure out if it's something that we need to entertain building it. But like, I guess, when is it worth it that to sit there and say, okay, well, we can't find something that we like or we don't think that we like. So I'm going to go hire a bunch of devs and spend two to three years waiting and creating this system. So I guess, when do I know that that's worth it? Because to me, it just seems like that is more of a headache to go out, source yourself a dev team, wait a couple of years, build a product, and then keep them on so you can continue to make enhancements and improvements when in reality, I could take that money that I would be spending for a dev team and all of those salaries, buy myself a very nice TMS, have maybe a couple people on to um, hire a couple extra people to monitor it, get some integrations going and um, that and then I don't have to manage the security. I don't have to manage any tech support issues. I can just call someone who in my contract has to respond within X amount of time or I have a minimum uptime and I don't have to sit there and figure out the problem myself. Because I'm not gonna lie, I lean a lot more towards the buy side because of the support aspects alone. So I guess at what point in time does that I can pick up the phone and have my problem solved versus I need to actually sit, sit here to figure out this problem. Yeah, I think you articulated that so well. And uh, one of the things I like to share, especially with freight brokers, is that freight brokers deal with this experience frequently where you go to a shipper and you say, hey, you know, I'm a freight broker. I understand the freight industry really well. I can add value to your business. And the shipper can then reply with, well, I know what a carrier is. I don't really need you. But the freight broker has a tremendous amount of experience and value that they bring to the process. 
That's why freight brokers are growing in the U.S. is because freight is more complicated than we give it credit for, right? And it's simplest. We put some stuff on a truck, we move it to another point and we unload it, right? That's, um, that's what we're really doing here. But it's so much more complicated that there's so many intricacies to it. And it's so important that we have expertise around it. But then when a freight broker says, well, I don't really need anyone to build technology or to build technology for me. I'll just do it myself. They're kind of circumventing their own business model because the technology component is so complicated. There's so much to technology that is easy to underestimate. And it's extremely complicated. It's important that you have professional technology people handling your technology, just like it's important to have professional freight people handling your freight. Um, and I think that's the core component of it. But then let's get into the real, like, when do I buy versus build? And I kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier, and is it part of your core business? So uh, one of the terms that I, I like is the, uh, and that I read somewhere else, and I'll give credit where it's due here, but core versus context. Uh, and it's from a book called The Unicorn Project, which really articulates the software development lifecycle in a really great way. But when it comes to buy versus build, the term core versus context, I think, really matters. So if it's core to what you do, meaning and your customers will pay you for it, then maybe you should build it. But if it's providing context to your work, then you should probably buy it. And so a CRM is the easy example for this. Um, as a software company, we use a CRM. It's tempting to build our own CRM and our own ticket management system. I get, like I said earlier, I got devs on staff. I can have them start working on it. I can get our product people on it, but I can also buy it. And we do buy it. We buy a CRM. We buy a ticket management system. We buy our email platform. We buy security products. We buy these things because they provide context to our business, but they're not core to what we do. We spend all of our development resources, all of our maintenance time, all of our security talks are around our customer-facing product, our TMS. And we feel like that adds a value to our business as well, that our customers know that our devs are spending time building a better TMS, not spending time building a CRM that we're using for our on the sales side of our business. And I think brokers should think about it the same way. Do your customers want you spending time managing a software product? Or do your customers want you spending time sourcing freight, building relationships with carriers, doing the things that make you great at your business, the things they're willing to pay you for? And so that's where the core versus context, I think, really articulates it nicely. That is something I don't think I've ever heard in regards to this conversation before, because it makes perfect sense. You know, you, um, uh, last time I checked, uh, freight brokerage is not necessarily your cybersecurity expert. And then if it's something that you do want to do, um, I know that, you know, developers can do a lot of things, but typically, you know, you'll find a guy who is really into cybersecurity or you'll find someone else that has kind of that, that like kind of that passion or like that kind of, um, not I would say like that specialty that they have, like that's something that they're very good at. And so it's kind of hard to go find those because you can't really say like, oh, it'd be great if you could also be like a cybersecurity whiz. So that way we don't have to go buy this other thing. But the way that you brought up that, you know, a freight broker goes to a shipper and says, hey, I specialize in moving freight. 
I love that the way you brought the way that you brought that up and said, you know, that's how you should look at some of your software providers because they are really good at what they do. And it makes perfect sense that you would call them and talk to them because that's kind of what you offer to your shippers. Yeah, we're essentially a, a broker for technology, right? We're providing that technology expertise. We're your partner on the technology side, just like our freight brokers are partners to their shippers and providing that added value. And uh, I think it's a really important thing to think about when you're a technology provider and when you're a logistics provider, like what is your core responsibility and how are you handling that? And and that should be a big impact, have a huge impact on your buy versus build conversation. And I also like to think that if something goes wrong and the system goes down, which I don't anticipate, heaven forbid it does go down or there is an error, um, it also has to be nice that you can pick up the phone and talk to your people as opposed to like everybody storm down to Joe's desk and be like, Joe, what happened? Why is this not working? That should probably be better for everyone. Yeah, for sure. So um, I think those are great topics to get into, too. And uh, I just had an experience recently where I was talking to somebody about um, their current on-premise software solution, and they had a power outage in their area, and their their power backups were only going to last for 15 minutes, uh, and, it, and they were then going to fail over to this other off-site system that they had, um, which they hadn't run in... Uh, even turned on in months. They didn't, had no idea if it was going to work or not because they never tested it. Uh, and the amount of stress and anxiety that was causing a freight guy was trying to explain this technology experience they were having. And that really, uh, really landed hard for me because I was like, man, why are you wasting so much energy on this? Like, the If your power goes out in your office, I don't want you having to worry about the what your technology is going to be doing, you should be worried about like, okay, well, how am I going to manage the new incoming orders? How am I going to talk to my customers? How am I going to deal with my staff? Um, same thing, like maybe you have a, if God forbid there's a fire in your office, are you worried about, did I bring the tape backups out of my office or did I back it up somewhere? Like, I hope those conversations are all behind us. You know, 10 years ago, they were fine, but we don't have to do that anymore. And if you have, something bad like that happens in your office, I'd much rather the freight broker worried about, okay, how am I going to continue my business? What am I going to do with my staff? What are the people who are impacted by this going to do? You know, worry about those things and rely on your technology provider to handle it and and hopefully be in a position where you just don't have to worry about it. Um, and that's one of the, the things that becomes important with a software, a cloud-based software platform and professional software product is like, for example, at Ty, we run in three different data centers um, and we have full redundancy on everything. So um, you can rely on us to handle the disaster recovery and, and we cycle. So like one of the things that we do is every month we move our primary data center to one of our three data centers. So we're always running out of three, but every month we just move it. And we move it without telling our customers. We just move it. And what that does is it allows us that if there's a major disaster, and we use really big data centers that are run by Azure. So if one of those data centers goes down, then um, there's big, big problems, right? So uh, we're probably not going to be worried about moving freight, but, but we've still thought about it. And we know because we run it every month and we move it all the time that we don't, we're not concerned about it. We'll just move it. 
and we know we can move it in real time. And we know that works because we're running it all the time. And it's because we're a professional software organization and we have the resources to do that. We can spend our time thinking about it and our customers rely on us to do that. But as a freight guy, do your customers really rely on you to have the technology that's running in, in multiple geographies? Like that's so, that's context for them, not core. Exactly. I, I love that. Also, that's very impressive that you guys are just like casually flexing on like, oh yeah, we can move to any like massive data center just just because, why not? Um, but also, yeah, agreed that if one of those data centers goes down, um, we as a country, a much bigger problem than how we're going to move some freight. Yeah, probably a little little challenge there. But um, yeah, and, um, and we want to do it because we want to be responsible to our customers, right? And, um, and it makes it easier for us if we do it in real time and we're not running offline things and then we can use these, take advantage of modern infrastructure to provide continued service to our customers and, and make sure we're doing the best we can to allow our customers to not worry about their technology. It's, it's kind of that like plan for the worst, but hope for the best, but all the time. Like you have those contingency plans on contingency plans on contingency plans. Yeah. And it's nice when you have a contingency plan that's always being run because then you don't have to be like, all right, well, something bad happened. What do we do in this case? Um, and, and have to worry about it. Whereas if you build it into your normal life cycle, you don't have, it's not something that is like, oh no, what do we do now? It's just, well, we do what we do every day. And so that makes it so much easier, right? It, it then doesn't become a, a process that we're not familiar with. It's just what we do. And that, that's a, one of those components that I was talking about that uh, it's difficult. And do you have the resources to do that on your own? And do you even want to? Um, but we do. We love that stuff. But uh, that's what we're here to do. I like it. You guys, uh, I, it just, it makes a lot of sense. Like, see, this is, this conversation is why I'm like, I don't know that if I had a freight brokerage, I would even bother wasting my time spending a year or two. Because it's also not like you can build an entire TMS in six months. Like it takes a long time to go from like in conception to, okay, I can start running tests. It takes a long time to get there. So that's why I'm just like, I don't know. To me, it just doesn't seem worth it, but what do I know? And that's another component that it's never ending, right? We, uh, just like our businesses or anything else that we build, you can't build it and then leave it and hope it runs forever. You know, we, we have to build things and then we have to maintain them. And the maintenance cost is, is really high on software products. For us, it's 35%. So 35% of our development resources are spent rebuilding things that work, things that are already there. Um, it's, it's tough when you have to itemize the cost that's associated to that. But the, one of the things that I've learned over time is that if you don't continually invest in maintenance and you don't continually invest in keeping your product current, then you end up being in the position of some of some of the old on-premise products. Like we've known for a long time that on-premise is going away. And there's been a long time for us to change that. Just like faxing, for example, we don't fax anymore. Um, but, you know, we still technically support it in our product, but we've phased it out and we've embraced emailing and we've embraced the newer technology than texting. You have to embrace these new things as they come along. 
But 10 years ago, were we texting drivers? Not really. But it's a requirement today. And so your software product has to evolve and it has to stay current. And that maintenance cost is something that's hugely underestimated when we talk about build versus buy. I uh, absolutely love that you brought that up. Uh, the, but the, we are running out of time. But that means it's time for you to get uh, a new spicy question. Are you ready, Mitch? Oh, I'm ready. If you could only have one color of food for the rest of your life, what color would it be? One color of food. Um, ooh, that's a really tough one. I'm going to go with orange because cheese is the best. And so if we can just stick with cheese forever, let's do that. I like that. I mean, I want to pray for your intestines, but and hope that you don't develop lactose intolerance. But I like that. That's a good one. I don't think we've had orange before. You didn't say we had to be healthy. It's just what's going to make me happy. Yeah, I was going to say brown is a very popular answer for the diversity, but not for the health aspect of it. Right. Um, so if anyone wants to throw you their top cheese recommendations or um, if they have any questions on building versus buying, where can they find you outside the show? Yeah, so you can reach me on LinkedIn. against uh, Walter Mitchell. And you can also find us at tie-software.com. And we're always happy to talk to you guys and uh, anyone out there who wants to learn more about buy versus build or anything TMS related. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Likewise. Thanks for having me, Mary. Always a pleasure. You can find Check All the Podcasts anywhere you get your podcasts like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to check out all the other incredible FreightWaves podcasts such as Tracks Through Time and Truck Tech. Don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter on FreightWaves.com slash CheckCall. See you on the internet. Mm-hmm.